I just want to share a few thoughts on um, a story that happened. It's recorded in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 18, and um, also Mark chapter 10 records a portion of it. But in uh, Luke chapter 18 and going through to uh, chapter 19, we see uh, two miracles that Jesus performed. Um, and to two people that were completely different. And you may have read this, these passages of Scripture many times and um, just thought it was a lovely story. But there are a lot of truths that we can learn from, uh, from this, this story that is recorded here, both in the, in the Gospel of Luke and in the Gospel of Mark. And I want to read to you from uh, chapter 18, verses 35. It says, As he drew near to Jer Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And we all know him from, from the record in Mark as being blind Bartimaeus. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be quiet, to be silent. But he cried out, he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? In the Gospel of Mark, Mark gives a little bit more detail, and he says, uh, when, when, he, when he cried out, uh, the, the crowds were rebuking him, and uh, when Jesus stopped, the crowd says, take heart, cheer up, uh, he's calling you. And when, when, when he heard that, Mark record, uh, record says that this beggar threw off his cloak and he ran to Jesus. And Jesus asked him this question, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. And when we continue with this, account, obviously, the Bible wasn't written with chapters and verses. Uh, that was added later on to just to make it easier for, for us to read. But Luke continues this account of Jesus passing through Jericho, and he said he entered Jericho and was passing through. So as he was entering Jericho, he met this blind man. He was passing through Jericho and on his way out. Um, he has another encounter. And verses 2 says, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. So on one hand, we find this blind man was poor. Here Jesus has an encounter with a poor beggar on the street. In that same town as he was going out, he has an encounter with this rich man. On one hand, we see uh, Bartimaeus, he was inquiring about what was going on. He was inquiring about who was passing through at that time because the crowd was making a whole lot of noise. 
And here we see as Jesus was going out of Jericho, uh, this rich man, this chief tax collector, he was seeking out to find out about this Jesus because he heard about him. So he was seeking to see, to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. In other words, he was a short man. And many men in the Bible were short, so... <laughs> I mean, Paul was considered a short man. So we don't go by what we see in the physical. <laughs> Amen. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. What a wonderful man this is who met Jesus and was transformed. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So we're looking at this passage of scripture. We see an encounter with two different kinds of people. We see, uh, we see Bartimaeus, a, a, a beggar, not by choice, but because of circumstance. He did not ask to be born blind. He did not ask for him to be in that condition that he was in, but that's what life threw at him. He was blind, and therefore, the only thing he could do was to beg for the rest of his life. And on the other hand, we see Zacchaeus. He was an affluent person in that city. He was a man that was considered by the Roman government a, 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 a key person in collecting the taxes from the Jewish people so that he could give it over to Rome. And in doing so, he had accumulated a lot of wealth, as we read. I mean, if someone is able to give half of their possessions away and also repay people that he had defrauded fourfold, he had a lot of money. He was a wealthy man. Two opposites of the spectrum, and Jesus has an encounter with both of them. We see on the one hand, we have a man that is physically blind, yet he spiritually could see. And on the other hand, we had Zacchaeus, who physically could see, but he was spiritually blind. One was seeking physical restoration of his sight. The other was seeking spiritual restoration of his sight. This man, Bartimaeus, he was begging by the roadside. That was his lot in life, that was his circumstance, and everybody knew it, and society had labeled him as a beggar because that is what was attached to his identity. 
They saw him nothing more than a beggar. And here as he has this encounter with Jesus, he hears about Jesus passing through Jericho, passing through the very way that he was sitting in. And he responds with a declaration of who Jesus is. There is one other time in scripture where someone makes that declaration and that was Peter. But here we have a man that is an outcast in society that nobody really cares about, that everyone looks down upon, that someone just gives alms to whenever they can. And yet he had spiritual perspective to recognize and know who Jesus was just by hearing his name. And he cries out, Jesus, son of David, son of David to a Jewish person, son of David uh, meant that he was the Messiah, that he was God, that he was the one that was promised to the people in the Old Testament that would come and bring deliverance to them. And this man sitting along the roadside begging recognized who Jesus was. So he understood in the spiritual who Jesus was and what he could do. And therefore he responded, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But what did the crowds do? They hushed him. They kept him quiet. Don't make a big fuss. Don't interrupt what is happening in this procession. You are just a beggar. You are assigned your lot in life and that's where you need to stay. But you see, the more they pushed him down, the more he cried out. The more they tried to silence him, the more he raised his voice. And sometimes in our life, we have a circumstance that places us in a position where the enemy wants to keep us quiet. We know who Jesus is. We know that he is the son of God. We know that he died for us. We know that he rose again. We know that he is seated in majesty and in authority, having all power over everything. We know that because we've experienced that in our lives when we received him as our Lord and Savior. And when circumstance de deals us a blow in life, the enemy wants to keep us quiet and wants us to look around our circumstance and be in a pity party and not recognize what God can do for us. But the more he does that, let us learn the lesson. The more he does that to us, the more we need to realize that God is still on our side. That God is still on the throne. That God is still able to do what he said he can do. And here was this beggar. He did not worry about the crowds. Because this was his moment of miracle. This was a time when he was going to experience the power of God in his life. And he was not willing to let that moment pass him by. You see, our limitations sometimes can blind us to the reality of God's presence and God's power. When we are in that place where we feel limited, insecure, suppressed, dejected, in despair, in despondency, feeling that there is no hope, feeling that life is not really treating us well, feeling that people are not treating us well, then we can become blind to the reality that God's presence and God's power is still real. But this blind man did not do that. He chose to go 
against what people were saying and trying to do in his life. And they rebuked him, but he cried out the more. And you know what happens when we, when we push forward? You know what happens when we, when we don't give in to the suppression of the enemy over our lives? We stop God. Jesus stopped. He stopped because he heard. He heard a voice of faith crying out. He stopped not because he, he, he felt, you know, uh, let me just see what I can do. No, he stopped because someone in faith was crying out. And when we cry out in faith in our circumstance and situations that we find ourselves in, God stops for us. The more we realize who God is, the more confident we need to become and therefore push forward towards what he has placed in our hearts. This man did the same thing. So he stopped. And when he, when he, when he, came, to, when he came to Jesus, the Bible says in, in the book of Mark that he threw, off his, he threw off his coat, his beggar's coat. He threw off his beggar's coat because that was his identity. That was how people identified him as a beggar and would give him alms because of the coat that he wore. The coat was, represented, uh, was representative of his identity. And when Jesus calls us out, he calls us out from the identity that is placed on us by society. He, he calls us out from the place uh, of identity that people have on us, and he calls us to a new identity. What we need to do is we need to throw off our cloaks. If we are not willing to throw off our cloaks, we will still be in that same place with that same identity that people have placed on you or even the enemy has placed on you, that you are, you are not good enough, that you are not a child of God does not love you. God does not care about what you are going through. Look at how long you've been going through this thing. And we, we, and we, 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 we put on that, that coat, that identity that we are not loved by God, that God has rejected us, that God does not care about us. But this man was willing to throw off. He was not, he was not worried about the crowd. He was not worried about his circumstance anymore. He, he, he wanted to get rid of this identity that was placed on him. He threw off his cloak and he ran to Jesus. However he ran in his blindness, I don't know, but that's what faith does. He ran to Jesus, and Jesus asked him a direct question, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? See, God, God does not play games with us, right? When he comes in and when he steps in, it's very direct. And a, and a direct question from God expects a direct, direct response from us. If we, if, we, if we come to God and, and, we, and we kind of beat around the bush, then we're really not sure what we want. You with me? This man came to Jesus. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. He didn't say, Lord, I want to be rich. I've been a beggar for so long. Lord, I want a, a good house because I've been in the streets for so long. He was direct in his response. The very thing 
that brought him to his circumstance, that is what he addressed. Lord, I want my sight. And a direct question from God expects a direct response from us. What is God prodding in your heart? What is he speaking into your What are the areas in our lives that he's working on? What are the issues in, in our lives that he's dealing with? And are, are we beating around the bush? Oh, Lord, you know that person, how he treated me? You know that person, what he did to me? You know what he said to me? No, 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 no. Lord, I want to know you. It's, it's between you and God, your relationship with God, not what other people are saying, not what other people have put on you, not the expectations of other people, but what God is saying to you and for you. And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said, recover your sight. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. See, God positions himself to release our miracle in response to our faith. He will stop to release a miracle into your life in response to the faith that you have. And this man said, and Jesus said it plainly to him, receive your sight, your faith. It's your faith. Your faith, because you reached out, because you cried out, because you recognized who I was. Everybody else didn't recognize him as the son of God. You recognized him, and therefore he responded to you in faith when you cried out to him. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him. But you know, the, the interesting thing about the story is the crowd. We kind of just maybe overlook it from, from time to time. But the crowd, because initially when he was crying out, they rebuked him, isn't it? They rebuked him, keep quiet, you're a beggar, keep quiet, that's your lot, keep quiet, that's your identity. You cannot do this in the kingdom of God, you cannot do this, God does not, has not called you for this, you keep quiet. But you know when God changes that circumstance in your life, if God, when God steps in and changes whatever you are going through in life, those that were rebuking you, those that were telling you, well, your God cannot do that, those that were telling that you cannot amount to, thing, to anything will change their tune, will see things differently because they later on said, well, hey, cheer up. He's calling you. Come, let's go. He's calling you. Let's go. Uh, it's my opportunity to come now and be near Jesus because he's calling you. You see, that's what happens when, when, when that thing happens. In your life, hey, you'll bring people along with you to experience Jesus. You'll, experience, you'll bring people along with you that, that had a perspective of you or their life or society in this way. And when Jesus does a miracle in your life, it changes their, their perspective as well. And the Bible says they glorified God. They were amazed. Cheer up. He's calling you. Isn't it wonderful that we can experience that in our lives? Let's go on to the next man, Zacchaeus. This man was a rich man. He had all the wealth. There was nothing materially lacking in his life. He had everything. You all like to be in that place 
where we have nothing materially lacking in our lives. Our bills are paid, we've got a good retirement, we've got a nice house, we've got a nice Mercedes or a BMW or a VW Beetle, whatever, you got it. You don't have to worry at the end of the month, hey, I'm going to pay this bill. This man was like this. He had everything. He had a good house. He had a very big house. Zacchaeus had a very big house. If he could accommodate Jesus and his entourage for dinner and also all those religious leaders in his home, he had a very big house. (laughs) So he probably had servants as well. What we would call now is a mansion. He lived in a mansion. Multiple rooms, multiple servants. But yet he was lacking. He was seeking. The Bible says he was seeking to see who this Jesus was. He heard about Jesus passing by. I want to see this Jesus. I, there's still something that's in my life that is lacking. So you may have everything, but if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, you are la- lacking the most important thing. And here he was. He was a chief tax collector, the Bible says. He was a Jew, but yet the Jews did not like him. Why? Because he was a tax collector. He collected money on behalf of the Romans, and the Jews hated the Romans because he felt, they felt that this man was a collaborator for the Romans. Right? So they did not like this tax man. I don't know anyone here that loves the tax man, but just enough said before I get into trouble. Somebody hears this podcast and I'm knocking on my door. S-A-R-S, knocking on your door. But he was seeking. He had everything, but he was missing the most important thing. Spiritual fulfillment. So what did he do? He could not get through the crowd. Like the beggar could not get through the, uh, through, through the uh, crowd, this man also could not get through the crowd, not because he was blind, but because he was short, right? So, <laughs> it's not me, it's the Bible. <laughs> I'm not making fun of anyone. It's uh, just what he says there. He says there he ran, he, he could not get through the crowd. On account of the crowd, he could not get because he was small in stature. No, no, no. Small in stature. <laughs> you ever been in that situation where you want to you, you see what's happening, but there's too many people around you. You try to push, and then you, you try to kind of tiptoe. I mean, he may have tried all those things, and eventually he, he reckoned to himself, listen, I know which direction Jesus is going. Let me go ahead. I know the crowd is going to follow him, so I still would not get through the crowd. So I'll be a little bit wiser I'm a tax collector. I'll be a little bit wiser. I'll climb up this tree and I'll have the best, van- the, the best vantage point of, of everything. We always want the best seats in the house, right? You go to the concert, you want to sit in the front because you want to be in the front of everything. You go to something that is exciting, you want to be in the front because, hey, you want to be part of the action. You don't want to miss out. You don't want to be in the back kind of, you know, just trying to get a, a peak of what is happening. But here he ran ahead. Jesus recognized that there was a man that was seeking some fulfillment in his life that the material things of the world could not give him. 
And therefore, as he was passing by, <laughs> Jesus stopped again. Where did he stop? Right underneath the tree. How did Jesus know that man was hiding in the tree amongst the leaves and that he was the man that was seeking? How did Jesus know? Because Jesus recognized faith. Jesus recognized a heart that is searching, a heart that is seeking. Because amidst all the crowd and all the things that were going, the Bible says Jesus stopped there at the tree and he looked up and he says, Zacchaeus, uh, come down. Right? Today I'm coming to your house. I mean, this man just wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. And here he was now entertaining Jesus in his house. Zacchaeus, hurry down, hurry and come down, for I must stay, I must stay, I must stay, I must give you the miracle that you are seeking for today, right? That is what faith does. So he hurried down and came down and received him joyfully. You see his heart, he was, he was anticipating something to happen. He may not have thought it would happen, but he was anticipating, and when it did happen, there was joy that filled his, his heart. And when, they, and when they saw it, all the other people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, when they saw this, they all grumbled. You see, the people grumbled with the beggar. We can understand he was a beggar. And now they grumbled with this rich man who was entertaining Jesus. You know, there's something you can't please people all the time, right? You can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't please all of the people all of the time. Now, sometimes there are certain things that are done that you may not agree with, but it needs to be done. There are certain things that God does for us that not everybody sees it the way you see it. But God does it anyway. It's not for us to start grumbling. They were grumbling because this man was a sinner. He was a Jew, but yet they considered him a sinner because he was a collaborator for Rome. And then they, in their eyes, they had now resigned him to be a sinner. And no, the master must have nothing to do with him. So they grumbled and said, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. It doesn't matter what people may say about you. All that matters is what God says about you, what God sees in you. You see, when, 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 when you are willing to give up certain things, when you are willing to give into what God wants for us, when you are willing to receive what God wants to do in our lives, no matter how difficult it may be, then it is a beginning of transformation. The Bible talks a lot about transformation. The Bible talks about the transforming of the mind, but the transforming of the mind starts with the transformation of the heart. When you recognize who Jesus is and responds, respond to that in, in a particular way. And here we see transformation taking place in the life of Zacchaeus. And what does he do? Very interesting thing he does. Like the beggar, the thing that identified him as a beggar, he threw off his cloak. He threw off his cloak. 
That was his identity. In Zacchaeus, his wealth, his riches was his identity that he had accumulated through collecting taxes. And his response to what Jesus was doing in his life was to address the very thing that attached his identity to that. And he said, well, you know what? I'm letting go of this identity. So I'm giving half of what I have, I'm giving it away. If I've wronged anyone, I'm going to fourfold, four times. I would love to have been the person that owed Zacchaeus a hundred, that time a lot of money, a hundred thousand rands. I would be going home smiling with 400,000 rands. I mean, can you imagine the people who he had defrauded, being in that crowd, hearing what he was saying, and recognizing this is not the same man. This is not the man that squeezed out the taxes and defrauded me. Something has happened to this man to make him respond the way he responded, the very thing that identified him as that sinner, that tax collector, God changed and transformed that he was ready to let go of that identity and embrace a new identity because Jesus says today, salvation has come to this house. What is it that is attached to your identity that God is working on in your life the only way you can get away from that is to let go of that. And if God says let go, let it go. Today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. If we compare and contrast these two men and what Jesus did for them, as we have gone through the scripture, we see just to recap, Zacchaeus couldn't see physically, he could see spiritually. I mean, Bartimaeus couldn't see phys uh, physically, he could see spiritually. Zacchaeus could see physically, but he could not see spiritually. Bartimaeus inquired of who Jesus was. Zacchaeus was seeking this man called Jesus. Both made Jesus stop in his tracks. Both had society labeled them, one as an outcast, another as a sinner. The poor man Zacchaeus was just doing his job. He was employed by the Roman government, just as anyone here that may be employed by SARS. <laughs> You're just doing your job. I cannot hate you for that. I cannot label you as a sinner. That's your job. But you know what? In spite of what society saw of them, Jesus saw worth, value. He did not see them through the lens of people. He did not see them through the lens of society. He saw them through the lens of God's love. Both received a miracle in their life because both initiated and took the first step. You know, Bartimaeus could have been a beggar for the rest of his life. If he just stood or sat where he was sitting, oh, Jesus is passing, well, that's good, that's it. But he took the step. Zacchaeus could have done the same thing. Well, you know what, this crowd is too much. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm just going to be little, 
excuse the pun, belittle myself and try and get, a, get through this crowd. He took the first step and he did something that was crazy, probably weird, you know, against his very nature. He was a man who was astute. He, he was, you know, he was a rich man in the circle of the, of the wealthy. He was recognized and, uh, and, and appreciated for that. And yet he chose to go up a tree, do something crazy. He took the first step. Both were at a place of seeking to find fulfillment, one in the physical, one in the spiritual. See, when God is about to do something, it interrupts our comfort. When God is about to do something in your life, it will interrupt the comfort or the place that you find yourself in. The question that I want to ask you today is this. Are you willing for that interruption to take place? If you are willing for that interruption to take place, then the miracle can happen. If you're not willing for that interruption to take place, then you're going to be stuck in that identity for a little longer until you come around and seek God, search for Him, inquire, and stop God in His tracks again. 